You are listening to Failing Forward with Arlo Corey and guest speakers. The intentions behind this podcast is to create a sense of inspiration for other newbie investors, real estate investors, and also other business entrepreneur individuals. You're going to get real raw updates of my weekly experiences exactly as they come, the emotions behind it, the stories, what's happening, what's right there, and what's so, my mistakes, and the intentions for you to hear that is, again, to motivate you to take further action, to know you're not alone, and we're here as your support system. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for the rest of this podcast. What is up, world? It is 10.54 a.m. on a Wednesday. Is today Wednesday? I can't eat. I don't even know what day it is. Um, so I'm like pumped this morning. I feel great. And nothing is working. <laughs> now I want to say that again. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Uh, after this podcast, I'm getting back on the phones and knocking some cold calls out and pushing through in my business. Now, most people would think that being that excited, then things are going right. Because most humans, we we typically are that excited when things are going right. Um, But I got to say, things are not going right right now. This first deal, the second property that I got under contract, this deal that I have now, it's not, it's pretty much caving. Um, There's a lot of mistakes that we made for those of you that are listening that you don't know what I'm talking about my first deal I'm still uh, I am a real estate investor and I am doing what we call wholesaling Um, And wholesaling is simply the art of finding super discounted properties and being able to uh, Flip those contracts so Anyways, that would be my first deal. I've been at this game for about seven months on and off. Well, on and off for a year in the past four months, I've been in full launch mode, right? So um, I'm starting to see results. That's the great thing. Um, I got my first property under contract. Complete fail. So many stupid mistakes. Learned from it. Now, property number two. I'm excited. This is going to be a wholesale deal. This is going to be a flip to someone that wants to fix it and flip it. Um... And I thought I had my numbers right. I was guided by some mentors and there's just some logistics that are crumbling, the logistics that uh, we're uh, finding out that make the numbers not work. The numbers behind the deal, when I say numbers, it's pretty much uh, mainly is the repair cost on the property that we have. Um, And it's too much, it's starting to cave. A lot of buyers are um, not really wanting to deal with this property. When I first got it under contract, I was so excited. I was confident in my numbers. I had a team to back me up. One of my mentors and one of his acquisitions managers had joined this deal with me. And their guidance has been outstanding, guiding me through this whole deal. The numbers that I created were actually something that I created And um, so I don't want to make it seem that the people that were guiding me gave me the wrong numbers. It was more on my end, creating that and bringing them the deal so we can work on it. And they did some other work to it. So I see a lot of mistakes I made here. 
And for those of you that are newbie investors, I want you to know my mistake number one. And that was, um, you know, again, going back to numbers, assuming the estimate repairs on the property, it's a shell of a property. And I was going based off a very over-assumed repair cost where, yes, this deal could work for maybe a contractor that has super cheap, uh, cheap access or cheap resources to be able to get the property done at a limited price. But most investors have this high cost that it would cost for them for a rehab. So I should have calculated a little bit higher in those numbers. And also if I would have really known that I would have tried to push for my agreement with the seller to, uh, to buy their, to, to get it under contract for a little bit less. Um, and, uh, so that numbers were a little bit off. We got our ARV correct. And for those of you that don't know, after repair value on what the property would sell for after fixed and renovated and ready to roll. Um, and we got that right. Um, we were, we were able to get access to the MLS by someone else that was um, able to pull some comps, some accurate comps for us. Uh, for those of you that don't know, comps are comparables of looking at other properties in the area that were recently sold and comparing the square footage to bed and bath. And as that is the basics of it, but there's more logistics. What was recently sold? How renovated was it? How not, how, uh, what did that property look like before that one sold? Is it similar? Does it have the same backyard? Does it have a basement? And so there's a lot of comparables that are in within that um, those properties that were recently sold. So some people think it's just recent. It's literally just recently sold in the past six months. That's another key thing, guys, for comparables is uh, the recently sold is the best ones are in the, within the last six months. Last three months is even better, but the most recent solds are the best. Um, and it's not just comparing bedroom, bath, square feet. There's a lot more into it that you compare. Um, so uh, I believe we got the ARV right uh, after repair value again. So um, going back to our repair estimates, just we underassumed. Um, we went by $45 per square foot and the property was 11, uh, 1142 square footage. Um, and we, uh, I personally just didn't get the numbers right and I underassumed and the repair costs are a lot more. Um, and, and so mistake number two is to get the logistics of each, uh, for me to really personally not rely on someone else, especially the fact that this is my first deal. Here's the big thing. Like as I grow my business, I'm going to rely on someone else, like my acquisitions manager that might, you know, once I get more team members, those people that I hire on, they will be responsible for like maybe running numbers and taking care of certain logistics of a deal. But this is my first deal. I'm starting from scratch. I am just the only guy in my business. There's other team players, but I don't literally pay anyone. I don't have any staff on my in my business. So right now I have to rely on myself to make sure that these numbers are accurate. And I kind of forgot what I was just talking about. (laughs) Oh man, that's embarrassing. I don't want to go back and uh, actually recreate this whole damn podcast. But um, 
So the idea of, uh, I'm trying to like pick myself back up here. So bear with me. So what, what I got was that my numbers were off, right? Repair costs and then, um, getting the logistics. There we go. So getting the logistics of the property, like knowing that, it, you know, it's a full gut, the, 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 there's permits that need to be pulled because it's a total new, pretty much like a new build. Um, I should have known like hundred percent is our foundation a hundred. How are our walls? How are those beams on the roof? How much can we keep of this property to get more of an accurate, um, assumption on the repairs? Um, so what I've learned was for me to get every, if it's going to, if it's a total shell, I need to know exactly what we can, that would be, can be saved on that property. Um, I should have d dug a little bit deeper to make sure that I calculated every single thing that it's going to require, um, and about the permits and the zoning laws and, and all the logistics about those repairs and putting in the plumbing and the electric and, and, um, uh, you know, so, you know, at the end of the day, like woulda, coulda, shoulda, um, there's mistakes that I see I've could have done, but at the end of the day, um, there are numbers for the, the, it's not a far stretch, right? So the numbers can work, but I made a commitment to close in three weeks, which this deal, I could probably close maybe within two months. And another thing is get my buyers list. So <clears throat> there was some people that were interested that could do it for cheap, but those people, um, uh, uh, either ended up saying that they found new things that it was just too much of a job, or there were some people that said their contractors wouldn't do it because it was too far, but some of them could have done it. So, so I have learned that, you know, this might not work for every buyer there, there, but there's someone out there that's willing to pay the price that we need to get this thing done. And they have the contractors and resources to be able to do the job at a decent rate. So, I mean, that's one thing. However, I'm seeing about 90 8% of all the buyers that we went, that we got. And fortunately I got to use, um, uh, my other team members and my mentor, uh, for him and their buyers. And, and they're actually in that area. It's in Florida, by the way, Bradenton, Florida. So, um, and I'm here in Maryland. So I had solid boots in the ground, right. And they had all these buyers that they had walked the property as well. And I, I sent my buyers that I had when I was in Florida that I networked with, so definitely getting a massive buyer's list is another thing that I feel like I, if I could just find that one person that would do it. Um, and it's not finding an idiot that would do it. You know, I, I want to make that clear. I'm not trying to go out and, um, uh, and hunt people that are uneducated about this business and get them to buy the property, but more of looking for those folks that are maybe contractors themselves. Everyone that said the numbers might work was contractors themselves. So anyways, but, um, but when I, when I, so that's great. That's one thing, right? Something I noticed that a lot of, uh, a lot of great investors, a lot of whole great wholesalers that are doing a lot of deals. They say that, look, this deal might not work for every buyer and keep digging, keep finding buyers. Yeah, that's definitely true, but I do want to add in like, but also if I'm looking at my numbers and, and I look at, honestly, I really looked at it and I think about 98% of my buyers said it was too much on the repair costs and numbers wouldn't work. Um, so, and, and again, when I say the numbers didn't work, for those of you that don't know, what I wanted to make sure that I have correct 
um, that would create a maximum allowable offer, also known as MAO, is I would take the repairs, I would take the after repair value, um, and I would take what they need to buy it for, what I'm selling the contract for, and calculate that in and see how much profit that they can make, our end buyers would make. Um, also holding cost and realtor fees and closing cost and all those things. So all those fees, I wasn't really honestly calculating in my head and I wasn't really putting the MAO together. Again, maximum allowable offer. So that's what I mean about numbers, you know, and um, so that's something I've been getting better at and this is great for me to realize. So anyways, one deal may not work for another, one person would buy it, but I also like to look at like, you know, if most 98% of my buyers are saying it won't work, then I need to reevaluate the way I'm evaluating deals. So, and I got that about uh, estimating the repairs. So that's what I got now, but I actually plan to call one of my partners back and, um, that's been doing this deal with me and, and say like, how can we really, uh, for future reference for the next deal we work on, like, how can I really make sure to get those, um, uh, estimates are a little bit more accurate to know how much I have it under contract for and know if it's a deal. Cause I want to be able to calculate if it's a deal, um, and, uh, and start getting it under contract. Um, at least a rough estimate. Now I do, I have been learning that get it under contract all the way. And then, you know, you can really try to find out logistics and go back to renegotiate and all that good stuff. Um, but I, I, I would rather at least have an understanding or a rough number of saying, okay, this could be a deal. Let me get it under contract. And then uh, if the numbers don't work, uh, at least it won't be a far stretch where I can go back and renegotiate. So numbers are super important. And that's what I'm finding um, that I obviously already knew. But anyway, so um, dude, I, I got to say. So just to bring up what this podcast is about is being honest about like what's so for me right now. And I'm really embarrassed. When I first got this property under contract, I was telling everyone like, like I'm going to get this deal. I should make about like eight grand on it, seven or eight grand, um, which by the way, our wholesale fee would have been 14. Um, and you know what? Okay, really quick. I'm going to stop myself because I'm still saying would have been. This is still something we're working on. So let's let's just, for context and for positivity, you know, this deal is not in the hole yet. I'm still working on it. It's just kind of caving. Let's, let's just get that straight. So um, I'm actually going to go back and, uh, and, and, and uh, try my best to correct it, find a different buyer um, and make that work. So... Um, the, the point of that. So what's so right now, man, is like, I'm embarrassed. I just feel like I got my first property under contract. I made really stupid mistakes. And here's the mistake that I made. I didn't even do a walkthrough of the property. Like I walked through it, but I didn't even look at everything until I, I literally had to drive back to North Carolina. And again, this is, there's another, uh, uh, tidbit that I want you guys to know about uh, doing deals, uh, virtual wholesaling, doing deals in different states when you haven't really mastered your own state. So I had to drive back to North Carolina to get pictures and do a real walkthrough. And when I got that, I was like, Oh my God, there's all kinds of problems with the property. So when I first did the walkthrough, I just didn't, I was so eager to get it under contract. I didn't look at anything. The bat, the bedrooms didn't have closets. It was legally, it was zoned. It, it, it is legally a 
zero bedroom, two bath. Like there was the, like, it was terrible. The, there was so many issues the, the roof was so old and, and all these things. And I did not even do that inspection of my own to really look at things, take pictures. And I didn't even take pictures. <laughs> so, you know, um, one positive thing that I did run numbers to try to make it cash flow. By the way, this was a creative deal, creative financing deal. I was going to owner finance it and um, uh, sandwich lease it out. I'm not going to go into detail. I'm still learning those things myself about those two structures. Um, but anyways, it would have made me some a little bit of money up front and um, a monthly cash flow. And the reason why it didn't really work was it was too bad of in a condition, and the seller wanted too much as a down payment. And I didn't realize when I put it all together, the kind of area, the cheap rents, it's super cheap out there in North Carolina, the, uh, the, the condition of the property and the kind of people that are, that are in that area. And if they were to have that substantial amount down for this kind of property. So I had to give the, the seller 9,000 down. And, uh, the, what I did get that was good was I had to pay him $250 a month so I could cash flow on it. So the cash flow would have been good. Uh, ultimately I would have made about 250 to $300 a month. Um, but I probably would have gotten zero up front or maybe lost some up front cause I had to pay him $9,000. So I needed to get a non-refundable option fee from a tenant buyer to move in and, uh, um, and put, <coughs> I was expecting 15 to 20,000 down now, I don't like to say unrealistic because I like to go big and just be unreasonable sometimes. And I think that creates breakthroughs in our lives um, to, to say, screw realistic. Let's just go big, right? Let's be unrealistic. Let's be, you know, let's just be go-getters, right? And, and just have no uh, barriers in our mindset. And those barriers sometimes can be, oh, this is what's realistic. But anyways, for the context kind of conversation, let's just be realistic. $9,000 was just too much. I wasn't going to find someone with $15,000, $20,000 in that area and afford uh, $900 a month for this crappy property. You know, so those are the mistakes I made on that. Deal number two, I get this property. I, like, I felt so embarrassed. It caved. I backed out of the contract. Now, uh, contract number two um, is caving. After I've just been telling people uh, that that my biggest people, the, the people that I want so bad to see me make it, like my family and roommate and like all these people, like I really want them to see like me get that first deal. Like I've been doing this and also start to get m lots of deals per month. And, you know, so I want so badly right now for them to see it. And, but I do realize that you know, it's going to take time. And that is a, like me trying to look good is going to be in the way of me being persistent because screw them, screw what they think. I'm in my learning curve. I am a beginner in this business. Just two months ago, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait till I get that first property under contract. That would be big. I didn't even care about a deal. I didn't even care about the money. I wanted to get a property under contract. And I did twice. So, so that's the positive, right? I, I've got you know, the, the two, um, these, my second property under contract, um, uh, there's still a, definitely a possibility right now to close on this one that I have under contract. Um, you know, so, but you know, thinking about it, it's really embarrassing. It's like, man, I've been telling people about, you know, um, 
and I'm going to close this deal, my first deal, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and and to report back to everyone and say, no, I, I didn't I didn't get the deal. And I have a bird dog that I've been telling him, hey man, we're gonna close on this deal, it's looking great, I got it under contract from the, the this is a property that, a bird dog, by the way, is somebody that brings me properties. They I have some folks on my team, um, you know, that, that uh, drive around in certain neighborhoods and take pictures of abandoned looking properties and get the address and send it to me and I figure out who that person that owns that property, get it under contract, and sell it, sell the contract. So, um, and when I do that, I pay that person that sent me that deal 500 bucks. So I've been like hyping it up to him. And like, so I've been saying too much in the get go. And I, I, and again, I go back to man, no celebrating anything. Once I get it under contract, keep my mouth shut and work hard, get the thing closed, you know? Um, and then that's what I'm learning from that, you know? So like, I'm a little embarrassed about all of that. I have to report to so many people that this deal, uh, won't, cl- uh, did not close. Um, but again, I'm just gonna, uh, go back and let's just be positive. Um, the deal is not a hundred percent. Like I haven't talked to the seller to back out yet. Um, I have like two people that might be able to buy it for what I have it under contract for, um, because, uh, it, which is already pushing it for them. So I will, if anything, I might not make any money. Um, but one thing, at least it'll get sold. I'll be excited about that. Um, so anyways, that's, that's the situation about that deal. I hope, um, anybody that's listening, I hope you got like some good details on like the mistakes that I made because that's my biggest, um, uh, uh, you know, intention behind this podcast is to share, you know, those little mistakes that I've been making, the emotions, the embarrassments, the, you know, feeling like a failure, you know, um, and and that's kind of what's so right now. But the fact that I feel like a failure drives me to do and take action getting right now. I'm going to get off you. I'm going to get off this podcast. Stop talking to you guys and get on the phones. Keep leading, filling up my pipeline. I'm only four months into this business. And I know that it's all about keeping that pipeline full following up, being consistent, and eventually some deals will start coming through after the months, um, and constantly marketing. So that's something I acknowledge. I'm being positive. Um, but also at the same time, I want you to know just a few days ago, I wasn't positive. I have my days right now. I'm excited. I'm energized and I'm ready to get to it. Right. But I want you to know that it's not always like that. So I don't want you to think that I'm this Mr. Positive Arlo guy. Let me reach out to Arlo Corey, man. He sounds so positive. He's going through a tough time and he's still rocking and rolling. Now, yes and no, but I I want you to know that the the real me is like kind of laying in bed at times, like feeling like a failure and okay. So, but, but where I will take the acknowledgement and the, the, the go-getter mentality and where I will accept that I am rocking on is the fact that I'm pushing through and the fact that, you know, I wake up today and, and it's another day and I'm going to get on the phones and fill that pipeline up and get some appointments and get some deals under contract. So, um, but anyways, so guys, I, guys, I hope you really uh, took some in of uh, those uh, little bit of tidbits about the deals that I've been working on and uh, the mistakes that I've made. If, if you have any questions about anything, if you're dealing with any of the similar situations, if you want to network, you want to get on our cash buyers list, uh, reach out to me. Here's my direct cell phone number. It's 301-346-6525. And go ahead and follow my Facebook. I'm at Arlo Corey. Last name C-O-R-E-Y. 
All right, guys, I hope you have an awesome day. I'm going to go ahead and do what I committed myself to do and reach out to me if you need. I'm here. I got your back. Much love to you. Have a great day.